This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us is here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, college bowl season is underway. The playoffs are about a week and a half away. NFL is in the home stretch of the season. People are continuing to enter the transfer portal, declare for the NFL draft, decide to go back to school. And here at Saturday, Sunday, we are covering it wire to wire during the home stretch of the college football season and the start of the pre-draft process, which is our favorite time of the year. Let's kick it right into high gear with the NFL draft stock report for this week. And as we've been doing over the last couple of weeks yet, not a lot of big names to talk about in terms of on the field performances, but obviously things to talk about in terms of the pre-draft process. So let's start with, we mentioned over the last couple of weeks that Dorian Singer, wide receiver at Arizona, who I know Jeff is a, a fan of, he had entered the transfer portal. It became known over the last 24 to 48 hours from recording this that he's headed to USC, uh, going to be part of the way they replace Jordan Addison, attaching himself to that offense. Obviously, we know they have Williams there, but now Doran Singer might be right there, the 1A, 1B type you know, weapon there. You know, I'm not sure what's going on with Gary Bryan Jr. He, you know, he started the year, you know, falling down the depth chart a little bit with the addition of Addison. He was going to redshirt this year, but most assumed he would transfer. He hasn't entered the transfer portal just yet, but I think Dorian Singer is probably going to make Bryant returning probably not happen. I would be surprised if Bryant was unhappy with his role this year. I can't imagine he comes back now that they went out and signed a pretty big, you know, player in terms of getting the transfer there and singer, you know, and then Williams obviously one of the best underclassmen wide receiver in the country, you know, so we'll see, you know, what happens with Gary Bryant. He was a guy that was on many people's top 10, top 12 underclassmen wide receivers, Many people thought he, myself included, could be a day two type talent. And then obviously the beginning of this year didn't go as as planned. And then he decided to redshirt this year and most assumed it would be followed up with a transfer decision. But that is unknown at this point. Uh, other relevant news, uh, quarterback Bo Nix, obviously former big time recruit, struggled, you know, at his first stop at, you know, Auburn, but now has really found success after transferring to Oregon. He's going to go back there next year, play again, and then see, you know, I think the decision for Bo Nix is very similar to Michael Penix Jr., who we talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks. I think Nix improved his stock this year, just like Penix did. But I think he he's looking at if he goes back and has another great year, similar to Penix next year, maybe they could really solidify themselves as day two guys. I don't think they can push their way into to day one, especially Knicks, maybe Penix Jr. But you never know, you know, things happen. We've seen guys rise and I think he's kind of banking on if he has two years like this, maybe it could help improve his draft stock. And again, the other thing is we got to understand now the, the coming out and not coming out used to be a very easy decision in some respect, but now with the NIL money, it's a very different story. It, the amount of money that Bo Nix might get in, in NIL money next year at Oregon, a major, major program, 
that has plenty of, you know, people who, you know, could could fulfill those NIL stuff, uh, he might make more money there than he does in his first rookie contract. So there might be incentive financially to stay there. There might be incentive to try to show more on film and build off of this year. So there's a lot of decisions that could go into some of these, you know, guys staying around another year, especially if they're at a pretty big program. So Bonex goes back to school. He'll be a guy we're talking about a lot next summer. And then obviously during the college football season as well. In terms of declarations, uh, no surprise with B. John Robinson made it official. I think he's probably the most complete package running back we've had come out since Saquon. I think there's going to be a lot of people comparing B. John to Saquon. And then the second running back we formally hasn't announced, but I'm being pretty positive Jameer Gibbs will be will declare. To me, he reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler. So I think B. John's going to get a lot of Saquon comps. Uh, and Jameer Gibbs is going to get a lot of Austin Eckler type comps. And I think that those will be the clear number one and number two running backs before Devin A. Chain, who we talked about a lot this year. I think he'll be RB3, but I think he'll go early second round due to that explosiveness. Uh, at the wide receiver position, we had a trio of big names officially declared for the NFL draft. Two Tennessee wide receivers, Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. Obviously, Cedric Tillman was a guy who was on the day two radar from before this year even started. Uh, obviously battled some injuries this year, but I still think in this draft class, uh, a lot of uncertainty at the wide receiver position, not a lot of clear outside wide receivers. I think that's where Cedric Tillman, you know, best fits. So I think Cedric Tillman will go somewhere on day two for sure, uh, with his upside, with his talent, uh, Jalen Hyatt, the speedster, I think he can go anywhere from like pick 20 to pick 50. Uh, I expect them to come off the board somewhere in that range, obviously, the speed, the ability to stretch defenses, the X factor, the tactical value he brings. Yes, it was just one year of college production, but I think you're going to see Jalen Hyatt go very high in the NFL draft. A lot of explosiveness, a lot of uncertainty at the top of the wide receivers. So I think Hyatt is a guy who you will see go much higher than maybe anybody thought he could have earlier uh, you know, in this season. And then the other guys were Keem Jarrett out of Maryland. It, it was not as spectacular a year as, as we maybe thought it could be, but I think Rakeem Jarrett still has day two type talent. Another guy who can win uh, vertically from inside in the slot. We have a lot of those guys in this draft class with all different varying levels of talent, but I think Rakeem Jarrett will be a second or third round pick uh, by the time the dust settles in the NFL draft. So those were the, decisions in terms of talking about Thornton Singer, uh, who was returning, and then some declarations. Oh, and I forgot quarterback Max Lugan at a TCU. Uh, obviously, TCU is getting ready for their, you know, their playoff appearance, but he made official that he will declare for the NFL draft. I, Dugan is not a guy that I haven't done a deep dive on yet. Just from watching enough TCU, to me, I think he's at best around three, round four guy. I don't, I don't see a guy who I think warrants, you know, a top 50 pick. So I, I'm thinking more late Bree, somewhere early date Bree for him. And he's another guy that I wouldn't have been surprised if he decided, uh, you know, to return to school another year just because TCU coming off a really strong year, probably can bring in a decent amount of NAL money. Uh, but he, he throws his name in the hat and, and we'll see what the NFL thinks of him. I think they'll look at him you know, is more of a Dave Barry type guy and, and we'll go from there. So what I want to do in the rest of the NFL draft stock report, uh, 
is just talking about some senior bowl and shrine bowl accepted invites. Obviously we'll do deep dive shows on previewing those as we get a little bit closer to them. Uh, but we know a good amount of names. So let's start with the senior bowl and we'll start the quarterback position. Uh, these are the, the, the people who have accepted their invites uh, as of now. So we have uh, Jake Hayner out of Fresno state. I know Jeff has been a big fan of him. Uh, he'll be a guy I'll be doing a deep dive on, you know, shortly to get a better feel for him. Obviously I am familiar with him. Uh, I think he's more of like a day three type talent. Maybe he can sneak into round three as well, but I think he's more of a, an early day three type guy uh, with a little bit of upside and intrigue. So he, he's going to be there. Clayton Toon out of Houston. I think he's more of a day, a mid to late day three type talent. Uh, Tyson Badgen out of Shepard is, is really interesting. A low level program. Uh, see how he performs down there at the senior bowl in terms of, you know, big step up in competition. And then the aforementioned Max Duggan is going to be there as well. My guess is they get at least two more names there, but those are the four that, you know, on the senior bowl website right now uh, that have accepted their invites. And then we'll see, you know, who else fills that roster. They'll eventually have six there. I'm sure at the running back position, these are the guys that are accepted their invites right now. Cameron Peoples out of Appalachian State, Chase Brown out of Illinois, Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, uh, Rayshon Johnson out of Texas are the five running backs. I expect at least one more to be added there, probably six running backs there. Uh, so one more I'm sure will be added. In terms of the guys that are on that list, I say – a couple stand out. I've always been a big fan of Eric Gray since he's been at Tennessee. Uh, I think he could be a round three, round four type player. I think the NFL is going to be intrigued with his uh, profile in terms of his athleticism, his ability to be a space player, his receiving capabilities, his kick returning abilities, uh, running out of spread. So I, th- I think Eric Gray's got a real shot to be a round three, round four pick. Uh, Roshan John, uh, Roshan Johnson out of Texas. We talked a lot about him is yeah. While he was B. John Robinson's backup. I, I think the NFL is going to be very high on him. I think he's, he's another guy that could be in that round three, round four mix. You know, nobody thought Ramondre Stevenson was going to go as high as he did as a backup, basically at Oklahoma and look what the success he's had in the NFL. I think, I think Johnson, uh, could be that type of player, you know, really intriguing player. Johnson, good size, good ability to break tackles, finish strong, his finishing ability. And there's a lot to like about Johnson's game. He's got some receiving capabilities. I like Johnson's game. I think he's going to stand out well at the Senior Bowl. So those two guys I probably like the most, followed by Chris Rodriguez. But Rodriguez is another guy very similar to Zach Charbonnet that I like actually Rodriguez a little bit more. Uh, But him and, and Charbonnet, are two guys that are a little bit further down my ranks. Uh, so I'm most intrigued with Gray and Johnson, followed by Rodriguez. Chase Brown, we talked a little bit about, you know, put up a really good stats this year at Illinois. I think he's more of a day-pre, mid-day-pre type talent. Uh, you know, and came around people, same thing. You know, a little bit of a guy that mid to late day-pre probably. So there's a couple running backs there that could maybe sneak into the back end of round three, but probably – more late round three, Peru like round six in terms of the running backs there. I think Gray and Johnson are the two that really could use the senior bowl and the pre-draft process to maybe elevate their stock a little bit. So those are the two guys that stand out there. If we turn to the pass catchers, 
Uh, I have tight ends up first, so let's talk about that. We got uh, Cameron Leitu out of Alabama, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, uh, Davis Allen out of Clemson, Will Mallory out of Miami, Brayden Willis out of Oklahoma, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah are the guys that stand out there right now. The one that I think will go the highest in the draft is Luke Musgrave. Sounds like he has a lot of fans at the NFL level. He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Most of the top five you see from big media have Luke Musgrave as one of the top five tight ends in this class. So I think he's a guy to keep an eye on, even though he doesn't have the college production. I think the NFL it, it likes his game, likes his upside, his untapped potential in the past game. Combine that with his athleticism, his size, and his frame. Dalton Kincaid, yes, he's labeled as a tight end. He's much more of a, you know, an offensive, you know, move tight end type, uh, really good pass catcher, a guy who probably will be around late round three to early to mid round four type guy. But Kincaid is an interesting player. Kincaid might have a really good week down at the senior bowl. He's a guy that probably will stand out, you know, in, in, in winning routes versus linebackers or safeties when he's matched up with them. So I like Kincaid and then Cameron too, obviously out of Alabama. I think he's more of probably a Dave Marie type guy around four, around five type player, but he's got some upside to his game as well. Will Mallory, I think is more of a late Dave Marie guy. Uh, Josh Wiley, same thing. Uh, not familiar enough with Davis Allen at this moment to really talk about him, but a couple interesting names there with Musgrave, Kincaid and, and Cameron too, and, and Josh Wiley. I think he's got some untapped pass catch ability as well that we've seen bits and pieces of it, uh, I think there's more there to dig in even as well. And then the less skill position, obviously the wide receiver position, these are the guys that are currently declared. Uh, Darius Davis out of TCU, uh, Nathaniel Dell out of Houston, Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State, Ronnie Bell out of Michigan, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, Charlie Jones out of Purdue, Rishi Rice out of SMU, uh, Jalen Wayne out of South Alabama, Elijah Higgins, out of Stanford, Michael Wilson out of Stanford, uh, Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia, uh, Puka Nakua out of BYU, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. So deep wide receiver group as always. The guys that stand out there, there's a couple that stand out in no particular order. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson is a guy we've talked a lot about during the season this year. I think he's a guy that, you know, somewhere in that round five to round seven mix is a guy for Hutchinson. Uh, Jaden Reed is a guy I liked a lot when I watched him last summer. He's a guy who I thought could have been around three, round four. I'm not sure round three is realistic anymore, but I but I think he could be an early day for guy. If he tests out better, maybe he can push his way back into part of that round three mix. Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, he's an interesting one because he's a guy that's pretty high on Mel Kuyper's board. You know, so that lets me think that, you know, he might know something that maybe the rest of us don't, that the NFL is a little bit higher on him than maybe, you know, draft Twitter is. So Jonathan Mingo is an interesting one there. Charlie Jones, I think, is going to be a great slot receiver. Uh, so he, he probably have a lot of success there running good, precise routes. Rishi Rice is clearly, in my opinion, the best wide receiver, you know, down there uh, this year so far based on the names. Jaden Reed probably second for me. Uh, but Rishi Rice is a guy who has a legitimate chance to go, you know, in the top 75 picks. Uh, I think he'll be a day two pick. Definitely, definitely day two pick. I think he has a legit chance to be a round two pick. Most explosive wide receiver down there for sure. Uh, Elijah Higgins, obviously Stanford had a lot of issues this year, but he's a big guy. 
his athleticism for his size is pretty impressive. So Elijah Higgins is a guy I'll be watching closely this week. And then Dontavian Wicks is another guy I thought could be an early day three type player. Uh, so we'll see how he performs down there as well. I think more of an outside receiver type in terms of Dontavian Wicks. And then let's let's kind of transition over to the Shrine Bowl because there's a couple names that stand out in terms of the Shrine Bowl invites that I want to talk about. And the first one uh, that I want to bring up is at the quarterback position. The the names that are there right there, Clayton Toon sounds like he's going to be at both. Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue and Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. So a couple names there, a couple big names, right? Clayton Toon right now, you know, on both invites. I, I don't know if he'll go to the Shrine Bowl or maybe he's thinking he's going to do both, but that's kind of hard now the way that they're logistically set up. So my guess is if he ends up at the Senior Bowl, he's going to have to give up his thing unless he goes to the Shrine Bowl for a couple days and then uh, goes to the Senior Bowl late. Because I think if I remember correctly, the Shrine Bowl is now on a Thursday and then the Senior Bowl is on a Saturday. So it doesn't really give him a chance. And most of the Senior Bowl practices, I believe, are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if he stays for the whole Shrine Bowl, it's not really going to give him an opportunity to even get a practice in. And we know the practices are even more important than the games at the Senior Bowl. So my guess is Clay Toon doesn't end up on the Shrine Bowl roster uh, when it gets a little close. Aiden O'Connell is the one that's stunning to see him on here because Aiden O'Connell is a guy who's in most people's top seven, top eight quarterback ranks heading into the year. Some people thought he you know, could be that on that round three, round four bubble, and now he's not even at the Senior Bowl. He's at the Shrine Bowl. So right now, I think, you know, the NFL is basically telling us that Aiden O'Connell is probably, you know, a late-day pre-type quarterback prospect. And and we'll see from there. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's intriguing due to the athleticism. Former big-time, you know, recruit. You know, I think he was penciled as like an athlete. But really big-time athleticism, the way teams are using the quarterback and on the move. And so many teams have quarterbacks that do have the athleticism to be a weapon on the ground. I think it opens up the door for Doran Thompson Robinson to get to either get drafted or be a priority free agent as a third quarterback, things you can do with him and also have an offense similar to what you might have with the starter. If your starter goes down. So, so I like, I'm intrigued to see if Doran Thompson Robinson due to his athleticism could kind of wait, ride that wave maybe to be a draftable prospect uh, at the wide receiver position. Uh, couple guys that stood out down there. Jaden Hasselwood out of Arkansas, former big-time recruit, obviously transferred to Arkansas this past year. I think he's more of a round five to round seven guy, but he is a former big-time recruit who went to Oklahoma. Those guys tend to get more opportunities. but So I think Hasselwood will be a round five, round seven type guy. The name that stands out and jumps off the pages is Zay Flowers. Because Zay Flowers is a guy who I thought has had a really big-time bounce-back year. He's very high on Mel Kuyper's ranks, like high that like seemed like Mel thinks he can go in like the second day. And if that's even remotely possible, I'm very surprised he's at the Shrine Bowl and not the Senior Bowl. My guess is if he's at the Shrine Bowl, Mel might be a little bit off on that. The NFL might look at him as more of a day-free guy, not a day-two guy, because it's hard to imagine – Zay's going to the Shrine Bowl over the Senior Bowl unless he still gets the call to the Senior Bowl. Uh, Jim Nagy does a great job trying to touch base with the teams on guys they want to see at the Senior Bowl. If people kept telling him that Zay Flowers was a day two type guy, he'd be at the Senior Bowl. So I think this speaks a little volumes that Zay Flowers, you know, even with the bounce back year this year, still might not be on NFL teams' radars as a day two pick, but more of a day three pick. Justin Shorter, the former big time 
a high school recruit who started his college career at Penn State before concluding at Florida. He's an interesting name that stands out at the wide receiver position as well. Uh, at the running back position, the big name that to me stands out is Muhammad Ibrahim. Obviously, you know, Jeff, big fan of Ibrahim. Came back this year after missing last year with an injury after that great first week against Ohio State. Uh, listen, I always knew Ibrahim was definitely a Dave Breed type talent in terms of draft stock, the injuries, the age, you know, not high level athleticism, but a really good runner, right? Good vision, uh, good contact balance, good leg drive, good play strength, toughness, power for a guy his size. That, you know, you look at the running back list you know, for the senior bowl. And I'm surprised Ibrahim is not there. I'm surprised he's here. So that, that stood out a little bit at the, the running back position at the shrine bowl. So Zay flowers, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, you know, and then Aiden O'Connell, I think are the three biggest names that stand out when, when overlooking the shrine bowl roster in terms of the offensive skill positions. So as we get a little bit closer to it, remember both of them now are, are, are later they're the week before the Super Bowl, but because the Super Bowl got you know pushed back, obviously all this other stuff uh, got got pushed back as well. So we'll touch more base on it as we get a little bit closer to it. More people, you know, will accept their invites. We'll hear from more people after their college bowl games <coughs> and the you know in the playoffs and stuff like that. So we'll hear a lot more about guys who end up deciding to accept their invite. So I think we'll see some bigger names still be added to the mix, especially at a senior bowl. Uh, but we'll, we'll track it. We'll talk about it. Cause I do think it's a, a pretty good precursor in terms of where they stand out. Is there always a, a couple outliers that end up at the Shrine bowl who are day two picks? Yeah, there's a few here or there, but not rarely, it, but not often. So I do think it speaks volumes that there's not a lot of guys who play in the Shrine Bowl, who are top 100 picks. So I think that's something to really keen in on. There's plenty of guys who are Senior Bowl guys who go in the top 100. Uh, so, so I think we have to use these lists to kind of help us generate a little bit in terms of maybe the draft stack of some of these guys. Uh, obviously, the early portions of many drafts are made up of underclassmen, but I do think sometimes you get to day two and you start to see a lot more Senior Bowl guys uh, thrown into the mix as well. Shrine Bowl guys are usually much later in the draft. So so I do think that says a little something about Zay Flowers and, and Muhammad Ibrahim right now in terms of what the NFL might be viewing them out, which might be a little bit different than like, you know, draft Twitter, Devi, community, etc. So there it is, guys, for this week, the NFL draft stock report. Hopefully you you enjoy, you know, getting a little bit of insight into the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl. You know, we're about a month you know, in a week or so, five, six weeks away from really getting into the thick of those things, preview shows and, and that. But it's fun to kind of look at that and, and see where some of these guys stand for now. And then obviously some declarations, going back to school, transfer stuff, always fun to to kind of see what's happening out there in the landscape of college football and the NFL draft. Let's take this over to the NFL rookie report for this week. Uh, not a lot of names to talk about, but a couple of things. The, the success of Brock Purdy continues to be something that I think is is worthy of talking about. 17 of 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns. I know if Jeff was here, he would vehemently push back on this. But, you know, it's fun to bring up the possibility of what happens if Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to the Super Bowl or what happens if he leads them to the NFC championship game. 
you know, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back there next year. I just think there's going to be too many teams looking for a starting quarterback that, you know, that are going to give him more of a commitment, more guaranteed money, more years than, than the 49ers are willing to do. But if Purdy has success and, and they do win a lot down the stretch here and they do make a run in the playoffs, even if they don't get to the Super Bowl, you know, does next year, does he have a shot to push Trey Lance? I know it sounds crazy what they gave up for Trey Lance. He's never been given a full opportunity. I don't think it will, but, but I also think that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, likes something about Brock Purdy. And again, it comes to the same thing. If Brock Purdy leads his team to deep into the playoffs and then you just automatically give it back to Trey Lance, the job, you lose the you the possibility of losing the locker room comes up. Because I don't think the people in the locker room really care anymore about where Trey Lance was drafted, how many first-round picks you gave up. They care about winning. They care about a guy running the offense the way they want it. And... and yeah, maybe Trey Lance would have taken major steps this year, but we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo come in and have success. We've seen Brock Purdy come in and have success. Once upon a time, Brock Purdy was maybe going to be a day two guy, but people didn't think he had the arm talent to do it. But, you know, you put him in the right scheme and, you know, he, he does do some things really well. Anticipatory and touch were always two of his best attributes. He's got some athleticism to move around a little bit. So, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting story if the 49ers are going to make a run and Brock Purdy continues to play really well as he has. And they haven't asked him to do too much. But they've asked him to 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 manage the game and make some plays, and he has. I just, you know, I don't know. The Niners are in a little bit of a tricky spot. Like, they can't afford to just hand the reins over to Trey Lance and deal with they're ready to win now. And usually a team that has that young of a quarterback and a quarterback they've invested that much in doesn't usually have that type of pressure to also be ready to win right now. So they can kind of throw them in there, you know, and whatever happens happens. And most times we know rookies have their ups and downs, but the 49ers are ready to win right now. And they're going to be ready to win next year. So it's a, it's an interesting spot, but again, it also shows you, that yes, while traits matter, college production, how you do in college, you know, there's places for all different types of prospects. Brock Purdy was a guy who, no, he doesn't stand out from a physical trait standpoint, but obviously there were there were aspects of his game that the 49ers really liked. They think he could be a guy that keeps them, you know, on course, a little bit of like a point guard distributor type. Uh and they invested the last pick in the draft in him and look where he is now. So like, you know, we always usually laugh at the Mr. Irrelevant pick, you know, and now we're seeing Mr. Irrelevant be very relevant, you know, as the Niners are, are I think clearly one of the best three teams in the NFC following the Eagles are probably the second best. And then the Cowboys, I think those, one of those three teams will be in the Super Bowl. to be honest with you, 49ers, Cowboys or Eagles, you know, so that's going to throw Brock Purdy right into the mix here. Uh, if we talk about wide receiver, Jahan Dotson, obviously I watched that Giants-Commanders game closely the other night. Jahan Dotson is going to be a guy that I would still say go out and buy right now because we saw glimpses of it in the preseason. We saw it early in the year. We see moments like that, that when Washington finally upgrades at the quarterback position, there will be plenty to go around for Dotson and Terry McLaurin. And I don't think the talent gap in those guys is astronomical. I think it's going to be more of a 1A, 1B, and not a clear McLaurin 1 and the Hotson 2. I think their skill sets in terms of overall talent 
are pretty comparable. And I think Dotson's got a real chance to be the one a or one B there as much as I really also like Terry McLaurin as well. I think that can change in a couple of years, but I, I do think it could easily be a one a one B situation and Dotson will see plenty of opportunity and targets. And then a free pack of why of running backs to talk about is eight Pacheco 15 for 86. He fumbled, lost some snaps after that, but they did go back to him. I think he is going to get every chance to continue to be their lead runner, not their not their best running back or most valuable running back. I think that's clearly Jarrett McKinnon right now. But I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to get an opportunity if he plays well, if the Chiefs make a run, go to Super Bowl. Pacheco could be in the mix to be a part-time starter in that Kansas City Chiefs offense. And if that's the case, you know, that is something that has value in fantasy football for sure, even though we know they're going to add probably another, you know, piece in the offseason as well. Uh, Brian Robinson in that same Giants commanders game looked absolutely great. 12 carries, 89 yards and a touchdown showed some really good short area burst, the ability to get to the perimeter. Uh, Brian Robinson for a big guy, really impressive performance. I mean, think about where this guy's year started. He was shot twice. Like the fact that he was back in like 40 days is amazing. The fact that he's producing and looking good is amazing. Uh, I think he'll settle in as more of like an RB, low RB2, RB3 type player because I do think whether it's Antonio Gibson, whether it's Shady McKissick, whether it's a future player, I think they'll always look to have another guy in the mix there. Uh, but if Brian Robinson can become the lead early down guy, re- goal line guy, there's, there's value for sure in fantasy. And then James Cook's another guy I'll say go out and buy now. The Naheem Hines thing did not put – James Cook on on ice like I thought he would be the rest of the year. You know, we've seen James Cook get a lot more touches over the last few weeks. Uh, Naheem Hines' addition did not really impact that at all. Uh, I still think James Cook is the guy they want to eventually be the guy in that backfield, whether it's this year, probably not, but definitely next year. I think his explosiveness and his playmaking ability is what intrigued Buffalo in the first place, and we see it in glimpses. Uh, he'd be a guy that I would want to try to get. And if he has a ho-hum rest of the year, I think his ability to buy him will be something that is highly debated in dynasty circles. And I'd be aggressive in going to get him for sure. If we conclude tonight with the NFL dynasty stock report, a couple names that I want to talk about. One, Every time I watch Zach Wilson, I know he's still young. I know it's only his second year. I know the Jets had a lot of things to upgrade. But you watch him play, and he just doesn't seem like a guy who should have been the second-round pick. I never thought – I mean, the second overall pick. I never thought he should have been. He shows glimpses of stardom, you know, but a lot of it is just so undisciplined, so unstructured – missing so many easy things. The guys at the NFL want, yeah, they want playmakers, but they want the guy who's a playmaker, but also does all the little things right and can keep the offense humming and, and keep it on structure. And every time I watch Zach Wilson, you know, I know my percentage that I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback goes lower and lower. I, I, you know, what the jets did turning to Mike white, you know, Robert Sala could say whatever you want that spoke volumes not that Mike White is the long-term answer, but I think it spoke volumes of what they think about Zach Wilson, that they're just better and they produce more offensive points and they things just run better when Zach Wilson is not on the field. I think that speaks volumes of, about him. And I think wherever 
if it's not with the Jets in a year or two, when he'll get another opportunity somewhere. I'm not sure he's the guy who's going to seize that opportunity. Uh, on the flip side, the next guy is the reason why we should wait longer on Zach Wilson and all young quarterbacks to really make a decision. Because I, I was not a Mac Jones fan. And what he did last, I thought he should have been an early second round pick, not nowhere near the first round the year he came out. But then I thought maybe, okay, maybe there was more than I thought. And I was wrong because his rookie year looked really good. But this year, I think when I've watched them play, I don't think Belichick really has a lot of confidence in him. I don't think the offensive play caller has a lot of confidence in him. I think they try to hide him rather than ask him to go make plays. You know, I watch every I've watched every snap of Daniel Jones's career. And what the Giants put on Daniel Jones's plate, while they still try to manage him and preserve and not ask him to do too much. What the Giants put on Daniel Jones plate is substantially more than what the Patriots have ever asked to put on Mac Jones's plate. And this year, you know, Mac Jones has kind of been the guy who I thought was going to be. Very little upside. Average quarterback at best. I don't see a high ceiling for him. Now, maybe he bounces back later this year or next year. But I kind of starting to think that he might have been who we thought he was. And I think we do this sometimes, right? Even Daniel Jones. I thought he should have been an early second-round pick. The Giants draft him all the way at pick six. Goes on and has what I thought it was a really solid rookie year. Yeah, some turnover, fumble issues, but not really interception issues that first year. A lot of touchdowns. And all of a sudden, we're like, everyone's right. Well, maybe we were wrong on Daniel Jones. And then as more time has played out, I don't think we were really wrong. Now, we'll see. He's He's shown some growth this year. We'll see if he's back next year for New York. But I think what we see with Daniel Jones is kind of what a lot of us worried about. Same thing I said about Kenny Pickett. Same thing I said about Mac Jones. And I will say, I think Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than both those players. And I think he'll have more NFL success than either of those players. But I think when you look at them, their ceiling was always average to maybe above average. And I'm not sure that's what you want to be drafting in the first round anymore. That's maybe what you were willing to take in day two. Average to above average of all things hit. When you take a guy in round one, I, I think you want the expectations to be at, mo- at minimum good, preferably very good to great. Good's not usually good enough to get far in the NFL. And I think that's kind of the position the Giants will be in. And it sounds like they might bring Daniel Jones back. And I, I don't. I don't have a strong take on that one way or another right now anymore. But is it good enough? Is Kirk Cousins good enough? Was Andy Dalton's ever good enough in Cincinnati? The answer was definitively no. So when you draft the guy in round one, I think you got to think the expectations are very good, great, elite, something along those lines. And if you think the ceiling is good, 15, top 15, top 14, top 12, I don't know if that's worth it. Maybe top 12 is. But if you're talking middle of the road, 16, give or take, I'm not sure that's worth it anymore for around one guy. So I think sometimes we just got to let it play out because I feel like with Daniel Jones, with Mac Jones, we were too quick to look at their rookie years and kind of crown them as, oh, we were wrong on them. But now as more time has passed, I'm, I'm not sure really we were. So it's an interesting discussion for sure. 
Tony Pollard, I'm going to say it again. I know Jeff would disagree if he was here. and But get him now, guys. Get him now. If if you if you don't watch him and think that he's got an Austin Eckler skill set, I'm not sure what you're watching. He's got speed. He's got explosiveness. He's got elusiveness. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. We've seen bits and pieces of this for years, just like we saw bits and pieces of it from Austin Eckler. And then until Melvin Gordon went away, we saw him be the guy, and you could be a monster in fantasy, a monster in real life. Well, we've seen that. It's the exact same thing we've seen with Tony Pollard. When Ezekiel Elliott is away, we see an absolute monster workload. We see monster performances. We see a game-breaking type player. We see a definitive RB1 in fantasy football. And now, even with Zeke back, we're still getting RB1 slash RB2 type production from him. We're getting 16 plus touches. I think 23 is way more than I expect. But I think he's a 16 touch type of guy, a weak guy. And I think that if he gets 16 touches next year, whether it's with Dallas or a different team, 16 touches, he's going to be an RB1 in fantasy football and PPR leagues for sure. And I'm not sure he's being appropriately valued as a top 15 type dynasty wide receiver, uh, running back. He's probably further down than that. And I think he should be a top 15, top 16 dynasty running back based on where this is trajectory is heading and the value he might have. I would go want to get him right now. And then the last one I want to bring up, and, and this one is a little painful, is Gabe Davis. Because I really, I really believed the hype in the offseason. I believed what I saw in that playoff game last year. I thought this was a guy who, who attached to Josh Allen was going to be a big time threat. I always knew there was going to be some ups and downs, but there's been a lot more downs than ups. And I've we've seen Buffalo's offense not be as prolific. Buffalo doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. I don't think they're going back to the running back well in the offseason, early in the draft, or free agency. But what I do think they're going to do is I think they're going to get another wide receiver and invest a pretty premium asset, whether it's a round one, round two, or round three pick. Add to the mix. This was Gabe Davis's best year to clearly seize that role. And now I think it's a little bit up for debate. I know I gave away around one rookie pick about seven weeks ago, thinking I was buying low on Gabe Davis. He was hurt. He was trying to play through injury. He wasn't playing well. You know, then we saw some spiked weeks, but I don't know, a little down on the lack of consistent production. I knew there was going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. I just thought with that offense, he was still going to be more weeks than not you know, be a guy that you could think pretty confidently would be a, a wide receiver two with some spiked wide receiver one weeks. It's more if he's more of like a wide receiver four with some spiked wide receiver two weeks, that's a little bit different. So I, I, I think his stock was a little too high before the season started. It still might be a little too high. I think, you know, when I update ranks, you know, I'll tell you exactly where I have him. but I, but I think he's got to be down a little bit as much as I do like the player, uh, he's been a little bit too boom bust type for me. And this was the year where he was the clear number two in the past game. We haven't seen him seize control and be that guy this year. And I'm worried that they will add to the mix a pretty impact, pretty impactful wide receiver early in the draft, at least in the first couple of rounds to, to keep that a position of strength and that would only hurt Gabe Davis as well. So I still like him. 
if his value goes down, then he could flip around and become a buy low. But for what I paid for him, I paid a premium for him, and he's not lived up to that hype. Uh, so maybe there's someone who's who's a big fan still. You can turn around and get back most of the value uh, that he had a couple, you know, about eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago before the season started. I, I'm not sure, uh, but I think he has to be a little bit of stock down on Gabe Davis. So there it is, guys. Dynasty stock report for the NFL this week, NFL rookie report, and then obviously the NFL draft stock report, talking declarations, returnees, transfers, senior bowl, shrine bowl. Hopefully you enjoyed all that tonight. Uh, if you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website SS Football Fast. It's the easiest way to get there. Check out the premium content tab. For $9.99, you get access to all our premium content. You get the draft projections notebook comes out in April, but you get immediate access right now to our scouting notebook, uh, over 100 detailed scouting reports, uh, breaking down player strengths, weaknesses, uh, and all that as well. And then you get the rankings notebook that has all our rankings, draft eligible Debbie dynasty rookie rankings. We'll have our tiered draft rankings. Uh, we'll break it down. We'll get the underclassmen out of there. Uh, so you'll get all the different types of rankings that you possibly need. We have overall dynasty positional rankings, uh, as well. So if you cannot purchase the notebooks, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast, help us out that way. Next time we meet up, uh, holiday weekend will be over. Uh, for everybody out there celebrating uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, I hope you have a great holiday. And we'll be back next week to, to break things down, check in on the bowl season, check in on more declarations, more transfer news, and obviously the, the week in the NFL as well. So... On behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us. I look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.